Depp. And it's so funny because every time she's on also um uh, she's on really also, rivalry. Um, Bob uh, always on, like, comments on her boobs because Pep's boobs are always like falling out. And I'm like, I don't mind this. Like her boobs look amazing every <laughs> single time. And I'm just like, Bob. I remember when Let her boobs fall out. Like I remember when she went on the reunion um, uh-huh. episode of her season, and it was the first time that she was like showing off her new boobs, and she yeah. had like gold highlighter all uh-huh. down them, and I was just like, yes. Yes. I was like, I was like, Bob, Bob, no, no, no. Some of us, like, I know, obviously, they're like, it's like she talks about, she calls Monet Exchange her niece because, like, she and Bob, you know, all this stuff. But, like, um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, no, no, let Pep's boobs just have their moment because they're amazing. <laughs> That's right. We're here today to talk about Pep's Talk boobs. about, <laughs> we're talking here to talk about Peppermint, the performer's uh, amazing boobs. Because she's got, like, it's also, like, she's just so pretty as well. Like, she's just beautiful. And, like, I just love her. She's, like, she's, like, she, I liked her on her season, but it's been her post-Drag Race stuff that has really, really endeared me. Like, all the activism that she does and, like, mm-hmm. all of her stuff. Like, she, um, she's, I'm just like, yes, I'm fall- falling more and more in love with Peppermint as the years go on. Like, there are some drag queens, like, from Drag Race that you, like, have an automatic affinity for and you continue loving. Like, Jujubee. Like, Jujubee. Mine's, uh, mine's the Vixen. Okay, yeah, the Vixen's really great. I, like, I love Jujubee, Bianca Del Rio, and Bob um, as well. Uh, Jujubee is, like, probably my favorite. Bianca's my, drag race one girl. of my favorites. Um, and my my other favorite drag queen is, if you guys, uh, I don't know, for the Austin area, is Louisiana Purchase. She I, was- Yeah, I got to see her on uh, the... Dragula. The Dragula. Yeah, she was yeah. on Dragula. I've seen her live a few times and some of them have been really intimate shows because I've just been like at, at a at a um at a brewery that my friend used to work at. And so like they were like necessarily performing. They were just like playing game show type things with like individuals. So it was like a very, very intimate performance. And I'm just like, I love her. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. So like support, support like the big name drag queens, but also support your local drag. I've also started what? to like Trixie Mattel just because of her YouTube channel. Yeah, Trixie's her, her YouTube kills I to, me. I want, I want to, I want to buy some of her stuff and some of kimchi, kimchi's cosmetics. Oh, I have, so I have kimchi's mirror because of the lights. I use it at uh-huh. Sher- I'm gonna be using it at Sherwood because I want the yeah. light mirror. Also, like I love kimchi as well. Like yeah. she's such a goof. She's such yeah. a goof. I love uh, her. I, I really, I really enjoy uh, following. The Vixen, um, and the Vixen also does like promote a ton of other queens and stuff. Yes, um, locally, one of my favorites is is Chloe Knox. Um, okay, she uh, she's just absolutely gorgeous, and she's also started um, modeling, uh, at, like boy modeling too. Um, and uh-huh. so I'm just really digging uh, what she's been up to. Uh, it's fun to watch them. Yeah. I will say I also as controversial as she is, I love Willem and I love Willem's YouTube channel. <laughs> like because like Willem like started out as like this huge controversial figure and but also like the stuff that Willem and Alaska do with like race chaser and stuff like that, they they raise money for like black trans women to get like healthcare and stuff like that. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, she's pretty controversial, but I'm like, God damn, is she amazing? Like she's, she's controversial just, for the her. money. Like she knows what yeah. the controversy does for her. And yeah. So she's just like, you know what? Like, if it keeps me in the news, I'm gonna do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a drag queen that's here in Houston. Her name is the Jacqueline Dior. That's her Instagram handle. I've heard of her. Yes. I yeah. met her at Comic Palooza like three years ago before she like went public, like started publicly doing drag stuff because she came dressed up as Ursula with a glitter beard. Oh, and yeah. I met her at Comic Palooza, and then she, we were like, "Can we like find you anywhere?" And she was like, "Instagram, but it's private right now." And now she's like doing all this shit. I was like, "That's so cool." Another Houston bearded drag queen is Blackberry. Um, so if you get a chance to check out Blackberry, definitely do that too. There is a um, there's a drag king here in Austin named uh, Poppy Chulo, Poppy Churro. Oh. All right, it's not Poppy Churro. It's Poppy Churro. I've seen him perform. Yeah, Poppy Churro. I've seen uh, them perform a few times because uh, 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 Louisiana Purchase hosts a like horror themed drag show here in Austin, and Poppy Churro has performed at at that. I've watched. I've, I've seen them a few times, and I believe Poppy Churro uses they them pronouns both in and out of drag. I can't remember, but if you also like drag, other like non femme performances, Presenting drag performers, Poppy Churro is really amazing. So sorry, it's I love drag so much. I was, I was like, I mean, it fits with like the it fits with Yas. I mean, we have a drag character, so I, uh, the first drag fits. show, the first <laughs> yeah, the first drag show I ever saw live was actually not drag queens; it was drag kings. There was a drag troupe here in Austin called Kings and Things. I don't know if they're still around, but I know they were when I was in college. And that was when I was still figuring out my sexuality and I was real confused for like a hot minute because I was like, am I attracted to them because they look like really hot dudes or am I attracted to them because they're probably really hot girls and like out of drag? But I'm like, but then maybe, maybe it's both. And it's like, okay, it's, we're just going to go with all of the things. Like, we're just going to go with all of the sexuality at this point. Because there was one. Yeah, I was like, there was one named Trevor Endeavor. I was like, holy fuck. Like, I love you so much. Yeah, I remember that. Pre, This is pre-out Sarah days when I was like 19. So that's fun. You're adorable. Honestly. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I was such a nerd. I mean, I'm like a nerd now, but like, oh, I mean, like, I was like, I was like, like, I was saying she says a dweeb. Like, let's go with that one. Like the dweeb kind of thing. When I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I definitely the first time in my life. I definitely because, like, even though I came out as bi when I was in high school, like, mm -hmm. I I didn't fully like come into my queerness until about three years ago. Um, and so, yeah, like <laughs> looking back and just going. Oh gosh, you poor gay baby. <laughs> I'm trying to mute us. Hmm? So we don't get feedback cuz I got my I've got my tablet on so I'm trying oh. to make it so we don't make any sound. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oops. No, I'm trying to figure out Twitch on my tablet. So I'm looking down right now. I'm like, why are you doing this? I set up outside and I was like, it's going to be fine because there's like no wind. And then like literally okay. I was plugging everything in, wind picked up and I was like. There's also Is occasional it? feedback from your side, but it's not too bad. 
I forgot to okay. my mic. Oh. Oh. So, um, now that we've been, you've heard us, like, talk about drag queens for, like, the first, like, weird intro that we've done to our first live la- drag for the first intro. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah, the DM for Yes. Uh, welcome to our first OOC, which uh, standardly means out of character. So, uh, I am kind of always in character because I'm always the DM. Uh, so, there's no, like, I'm like, I could do it as Lucara, I guess, but, you know. Um <laughs> We have three members of the Yas playing group, Ollie, Annika, and Tanya here, and we are just going to talk about um, uh, basically the start of Yas and how it started and why it started, and I'm going to kind of be moderating this and asking questions, so I'm going to let, after I ask a question, um, let's go through pronouns in case people don't know. Um, uh, uh, I have, most of us have our pronouns in our our discord but i'm sarah i use she her pronouns uh tanya do you want to go next uh sure i'm tanya and i also use she her pronouns okay annika i'm annika i use they them and amelie i'm amelie i also use they them okay. i like the columns so, there's like the one column yeah. and then the second column well, well, mine, mine's rose mine's, oh. mine's rose well, as well on twitch so it's like on yeah, for me, top row is they, them, bottom row is she, her. Yeah, I have a yeah. reason line uh, thing going yeah. on. Like, it, it, it yeah. really does feel like a little round table in this situation. Yeah. Um, so, um, so first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, the first question I'm going to ask is everybody is when I first approached you about the project, what had yet to be named at that time, it was just Sarah says, hey, do you guys want to play D&D on the internet? When I first approached you guys with this um, kind of offer, what were your initial reactions, thoughts, queries, questions, concerns? Whoever wants to go, go ahead and go, and I'll meet myself. I always um, just wanted to play more D and D. Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of late replying. I remember a lot of people had kind of already either said they were interested or just kind of had questions, or was like, "That's that's so exciting." Um, but I also remember you had prefaced it with the, I really, you know, the, the goal of it was to show a diverse and inclusive face of, of D&D. And so I said, I'm interested because I love the game and I'm really behind this, this goal. Uh, but I realized that I'm going to tick like literally one box. Uh, for what might be considered, you know, uh, diverse. And so I was like, I'm okay sitting it out. I'm always okay, like, giving up the seat for somebody else. But um, I will stand over here and just be like, raise my hand a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with Attica. It was like, more D&D? Um, <laughs> well, because at like, the time I, I only had one game. So I was like, we're yeah. going to play more games. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wasn't like so much like it, I, you had put out a call on Facebook about it. And so like, I don't know how like approached I was about it because like you and I had met once <laughs> and uh, or twice. Yeah, yeah, we, we had like we had interacted a little bit, but um, I had been part of a game that we were trying to turn into a podcast called RP Gals, um, like off of the uh, um, RP uh RP guys or whatever. Um, so uh-huh. they Sorry, uh, they had actually given us the go ahead to start calling ourselves the RP gals, and um, all of us at the time were declaring ourselves to be women, um, which is not the case anymore. <laughs> but uh, 
Uh, it, it was uh, so I thought it was just going to be more along the lines of that. Like we were just going to be like kind of like um, figuring out and having fun. It was going to be a really nice way to like distract myself from uh, the horrors of what like quarantine was doing to my mental health, that sort of thing. Um, and then it be, got, we got really, really organized. Thank you, Annika. You're amazing. Um, and like it, it's been really successful, and I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, and also just kind of flabbergasted that it's so formal, and uh, we're we're doing this so well. Sorry, my cat is demanding all the snuggles right now. So are you apologizing? Please don't apologize. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, Oh no, now she's done. Okay, I think she's done. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, one thing I would, I think I, I, I talked about this at the very beginning of Yas, like our very first episode, I talk about the diversity. And if you notice that um, in our game, it's something that we talk about that we have a failing and I kind of put this on myself. And um, But uh, we do not have a large number of um, ethnically or racially diverse uh, members of our cast. And again, like I put that, cause I put out a thing on Facebook that said, hey, I'm thinking of starting a D&D stream thing. Um, and does anybody want to join? And the people that I have in my life that are interested in gaming, most of them are majority white. So um, that's who the majority of the people who responded were. Um, so it's interesting that we did. So we, for people who, I mean, I don't think we've talked about the history yeah. at all. We basically, um, uh, after everybody kind of raised their hand or otherwise said stuff, uh, Sarah kind of approached, I know she approached like me first individually and was like, you know, I, I think that you would be good for this. Like, are you still interested in, and then we all, you know, got on, um, a DM on Facebook, we got on messenger and everybody was there. And we actually, there were, um, um, one Hispanic uh, two. Woman. My friend Sarah. So oh, two. Sam, Sam and Sarah. Yeah. Two weeks, I think, before yeah. before she decided she had to, to leave. Yeah. So we actually had three yeah. non white women. White people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who were initially interested but couldn't join us for whatever reason. Right. Uh, scheduling reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully. We, they are all still interested in coming on stream for some reason or another. Like Pooja was interested in being in the cute animal one shot, but because of family and religious obligations, because when we filmed, it was Diwali, so Pooja couldn't join us. But at some point, we will have Pooja on this show. I'm she sure will that, be I a guest star. Really wanting to and yes, Sam wants to come on. Sarah's and still interested. So like, and then we've had some, like, and I don't want to like, the other thing is because I don't want to tokenify people. I don't want to be like, and look, we have like, look right. how diverse we are, people that we have on our show. So I don't want to like just approach people and like, you are not white. I want to approach you. But like, I want to approach people. I want to diversify this channel. So I've always like said, you know, if I, since all of the people that play in Yas uh, that are in that DM and on our discord, I'm like, if you have friends or family that want to join us, please let me know and we can add them and like, Tanya met May Hemmer at, uh, and I met May um, in a rounds table on something else. And we were like, we should ask May if she wants to join us. And she did for Slayers. Like, and then I asked my friend Morgan, I was like, Hey Morgan, do you want to play? And then like Morgan came on for Slayers and then we've got, yeah, we got, we got Annika's best friend Sydney on. So it's like one of those things where um, like, we just try to like put out the feelers. It's like, I started out with my web of people. And then like, I figure you guys are like little nodules on that web and you guys have webs that then go out. So that like, it's just like, hopefully throughout this process, we just keep reaching more and more people and like more and more diverse people that want to come on. 
I think that that's what's what's beautiful is that even in the main um, arc in our Rindenhurst arc, right? That the the we have kind of our core players, but we have like you know people kind of come in, come at, come you know come in, go out, and then of course we have a whole like we often have a whole mix up when we do one shots. We usually only have like half at best of the main cast. And I think that that's one of the things that I love because our goal is to show that the gaming table can be diverse and inclusive. And, and you know, when I say that, because a lot of people, you know, why do you use both terms? Well, you can have a bunch of different people there, like people from different backgrounds, but if you're not actually allowing them to have a voice um, or giving them room to, you know, express and have input, then you're not actually doing anything. Um, and so because that's one of our tenets and one of our main goals, I love that we don't actually, unlike many other gaming shows, we don't really have the same cast like every time. And it shows that the table looks different every time the game is different. The way that we are negotiating and creating these stories together is different because of who's there, which is precisely you know what we're aiming to show people how to do um so that's one of my favorite things about about the show actually so in the same vein about um create the creation and how how the creation is different uh we're so used to a very patriarchal um, set up where you know you have the DM and the DM creates everything and the D and you know you have your additions of like how your character acts and your, but um, the majority of the time in my experience even in, uh, playing um, is that the character you as the uh, you as the character are reacting to the uh, DM's creation. Um, whereas this was a very decentralized create, creative process. Um, the entire creative process was uh, non-patriarchal um, in that we all came to, uh, like, I created, and it was with a lot of help. <laughs> I, please do not assume that I did not use anybody's help in, in this. But, um, I, and because uh, it was so decentralized creation basically the orcs in this world are defined by me are defined by who i make jack yeah similarly um i you know i had a you know uh i would say almost almost entirely uh, de developed what minotaurs look like in this world and so that's another thing that i like is that even though we might have uh fantasy races that people recognize from you know dnd canon they're not at all what you what you think they are um that we've created something very different um and i think that's another thing because i think there's a tendency to get bogged down in uh rules 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 and forget that the whole idea of of um rpgs dnd included is that these are broad guidelines and some people aren't comfortable with large strokes. And so the books go into a lot more detail, but there's literally nothing that says you have to do it this way. It has to be this way. 
um, and that we all have that ability to take a take a concept, take an idea, and make it your own. Turn it around. If you don't like the way it looks in the book, do something different. Thank yeah. you. Uh, which actually, I was, I'm going to bring a, a question directly to Annika because we've kind of seen orc culture just a tiny bit. Jack's talked about it, and we've seen a little bit of the Minotaur culture. But uh, Annika had a special had a had a thing that they were I able to do to not talk about elephant culture, but. <laughs> Yeah, so so Annika, as opposed to just talking about Eldrin, like that's something that I've worked on. But Annika has something special with uh, with Aster's drag family. So do you want to talk about that a little bit, like how you based, like how you worked on Aster's like drag family, how that like the House of mm. Dauntless, like how that kind of came to be a little bit. Uh, well, I had just finished watching the first season of Pose. <laughs> Uh, that had uh, yeah the second season is just as good too and yes so yeah that oh, was can, really... can I like just cut in in here <laughs> sorry and say I have a giant crush on MJ Rodriguez like oh yeah I really like we can just go in yeah like oh. I mean everybody like uh, seriously MJ Rodriguez like call me I love you um, <laughs> sorry go ahead Annika yeah no it was really just that and then I so there's Euphoria, who's the house mom. I haven't really, like, established much about her, but Melius, which is the fa house father, was basic is basically Aster's, like, best friend and, like, role model. And I whole 100% based him off of Billy Porter. There's no doubt about that. Because, <laughs> oh, I love that guy so much. Um, D, D allows you so yeah, to have Billy something... in your world. I'm okay with that. <laughs> right? Yeah. As a satyr. Billy Porter, if you ever see this, if you want to come play games with us, we have a, we have a character for you. Right. Um, and that's something that, like, I remember because Annika put something about having just watched the first season of Pose mm -hmm. on our Discord, and they were like, if you have any more information, and me, as a historian, who's somebody who took a good deal of uh, queer history when I was doing my undergrad, uh, I was like, oh, do I have sources? And I was like, watch this, watch this, read this, read this. I was like, this, I was like, I was like, we're talking about ball culture. I was like, again, it's one of the things like we have to acknowledge that ball culture was invented and created by and for black and brown queer people. Like, you know, it was a, specifically in New York and like Chicago and LA, like in like Hispanic and uh, Afro and Afro-Latinx communities. Like that's where the ball culture came from. And that's where like the house structures and all that stuff. Yes. Um, real quick, I, I just because you brought up the word uh, Afro-Latinx, um, yeah. so there is a movement uh, among Spanish speakers um, to uh -huh. replace the Latinx with Latine. Uh, yeah, Latine, yeah. yeah. So I just I wanted to. Yeah, I, it's so because I'm so conditioned to do Latinx. It's just, yeah, Latine, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, with a, yeah, with a Hispanic accent because the X is—it's not the same. Yeah, you end up with something that sounds very similar to Latin eggs, which is just. Yeah. So anyway, so that's something that I was like throwing all of these resources, Annika. I was like, here, I was like, watch Paris is burning. Read these articles about like I 1980s ball uh, culture. I so I had watched Paris is burning that I told my mom that I did, and she was like watched it without like every time i watch something like without my mom she gets upset like she's seen it too but she was just like how dare you watch this without me kind of thing it was so funny so like what that's it talk about we'll talk about the like, now we can just talk about like how we built this world it's something we've talked about before um is a lot of it's hard for being people of earth to create 
completely new cultures. So a lot of the things that we have pull from already established cultures here on earth. Like when I first kind of mentioned that orcs were going to be a mountain people. So I was like, look towards mountainous cultures in at like Central and South Asia, like Bhutan and Nepal, and also Europe and South America and like the Andes. I was like, because you can see a lot of similarities in all of those cultures as far as like the food ways, um, fabric dye, you know, all of this stuff because of the elevation that people live at. And so that was kind of like my way to guide Amelie into like maybe how like orcs are going to be. And then Tanya, uh, of course, based Minotaurs a lot on, was it Minoan? Yeah, it's actually a real big yeah. hodgepodge, but it started with Minoan. Yeah. Yeah. So like as, as, so it's like, it's like I said, it's very hard to create a completely new culture. So like we didn't want to just wholesale copy and paste Nepalese culture and make it orcs, you know, and have this kind of thing. So, um, but we do have to, there are things you can pull from to make culture seem real to mm -hmm. us as earth denizens. Um, so does anybody want to talk about uh, like the creation, like uh, Annika or, yeah, go ahead, Amelie, anybody. Yeah, we do have. Um, on um, on our Facebook channel, we do have the first two, the OOCs. Um, the second one, which I did, is about our culture creation and what uh, basically the framework that we're using to create uh, three-dimensional cultures without with um, without um, like super overtly doing a lot of uh, appropriation, where, where we're working to be very cautious about uh, creating cultures. Um, so you can watch that uh, over on our Facebook. Yeah, so uh, uh, excellent like segue into what I was like wanting to answer um, is that like, yeah, I definitely started with like looking at uh, the mountainous people uh, specifically that Sarah had suggested. Um, but then in order to make sure that I wasn't just tokenizing, that I wasn't, um, being very that I wasn't like basically colonializing my character um, is I just threw a ton of queerness into the culture. Um, so I took uh, some of the more like definitive aspects, like the the walking marriages um, out of uh, a very specific people in China, um, where the it, it is it is a matriarchal. Um, it is a matri matriarchal culture, uh, but these, they have these walking marriages where, like, for the most part, the um, married people do their own thing, and then the men get to visit the women at night uh, for their conjugal visits. Um, but what I know is I know queerness. I know my own queerness. I know uh, I do have um, a... Uh, special interest in queer history. So it's not like formalized like what Sarah has, but I, I have done my own research into it. And um, so I, I just threw a lot of that on there. And so I ended up creating, um, yes, it's a matriarchal uh, orc. The, the orcs are matriarchal, but they're also, because of how I approached it, um, it it's trans is the standard <laughs> in 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 orc culture basically and so much so that they don't have a concept for it it just is
Oh no, like I, I actually will yeah. argue on that because it's not fashion. It, it's yeah. it's part of the entire culture. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, uh. So yeah, that's what we like, talk about. Like, uh, Annika was. I'm sorry, Amelie was talking about how like this collaborative storytelling. That's something that I find. Um. Uh, like there are things like I've said this uh, before on other streams and other roundtables. Is like D and D uh, being the largest and most popular best-selling. You know. D you know, RPG in the world has its pitfalls. It has its shortcomings. And even though we use that system to play this game, there's no reason for us to not critique it. Like I had this huge critique of Tasha's culture of everything and how Pledge of the Coast did not step up to the plate like they said they would as far as bioessentialism and races and talking about um, uh, lines and veils and session zeros. But there are other games, which is why I always encourage people to play other games and find other games, specifically indie RPGs, because something that indie and these smaller RPGs do is they have a framework for collaborative storytelling that is so much more um, satisfying to me than the sort of top-down approach of D&D, of the, the, the DM creates the world and you guys play in it. Um, things like Kids on Brooms and Turn and um, a lot of the Powered by the Apocalypse stuff, like these games that you, as you, at your session zero, you sit down and people... It's not just encouraged, you are like required as a player to throw something in. Like you're required as a player to be like, okay, like you go around the circle the, the, the table and you say, All right, what's one what's a location here in the town? And you're like a water tower. You're like, cool, the next person, what's the next location in the town? The roller rink, whatever it is. Like everybody throws their thing in and then you all take that information and create a salad or a soup out of it, you know? And um, and so that's what I took the I took the those kind of tool sets and that outline from smaller RPGs and applied it to D&D with the collaborative storytelling and the collaborative world building, because I love world building. That's one reason why I love RPGs. I love creating culture and I love creating characters and like doing all this stuff. But I knew that also, I, this is DM tips, GM tips from Sarah. If you want, I'm not saying this is like universal, but I found that if you want people to be more invested in the game, give them more stock in the game and have them start from the ground up. So, so because Amelie kind of created orc culture and Annika created this, this drag family and, and uh, Tanya created uh, this minotaur and culture, they have more stock in the game because this is their creation. This is their brain baby. And so, um, and not that I haven't run amazing fun games where it's all just top down. I've created everything and the players just play in the world. But I just, the other reason why I wanted to do Yas is to show people that there's a different way of doing D&D &D or RPGs in general. Like it's, you know, you can do it where you guys are still surprised by things. Like, you know, when you're like, what the, what the F is this? What is this? What is, why, where are we going? You don't know what, what portal leads to where and all this other stuff, but you have the background that your character would have. Your character, Amelie, would know all about orchestra stuff. And, you know, so like for me to create that, like that seems kind of silly because you're the one who knows. You're the, you're the half orc, you're the expert in orchestra culture, not the DM. So like as a you know as a GM like if you're interested in doing that look up collaborative world building tools and other games. Okay, so uh, now that's just me talking. I have another question. Okay, so the question first question was when I first approached you what did you think and then we talked a little bit about the collaborative world building. Um has has Yas met your expectations as far as like the playing and the world building 
we're like, what are you as we played like 10 or 11 games? I can't remember exactly how many it's been. It's been like right around double digits. So as far as the amount of games that we have played so far, has this experience that you signed on for, has it kind of met your expectations or yeah, whoever wants to go can go. I've been real chatty. Somebody else should go. <laughs> so we're all going to look at Annika. I, yeah. I mean, Annika, you can't just be our tech person. You have to answer questions. On this. I mean, that's true. Um, I mean, I've had fun doing this. It's also just interesting for me because I've started watching Critical Role again. Because, like, I had started and I wasn't very far in it. But now that I'm back in school, I watch it while I work for school. So, like, Mixing, like, what I've seen from that, like, watching how all of them, like, play the game has definitely improved how I play the game, too. Especially watching Liam, because Caleb's my favorite character. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was, it was interesting for me because I, like, not only do I come from a, a, a gaming background, uh, but I come from a theater background, and so I was automatically, you know, bringing that in and thinking about how that worked because I, so um, I play another game, uh, a game that is not recorded for public consumption uh, where Sarah is also my DM. And it's literally like my relaxing game. I don't have to think so much. So about many shenanigans in this game. Shenanigans. Like I don't have to stay as focused. I don't have to be as like involved in making sure my character is kind of speaking first person. Um, I get up a lot more to deal with the dogs. Like that happens. Um, and so when I when we're doing Yas, I'm very much in my theater brain. Um, and it's been it's been an interesting learning for me because I yes I even teach improv you know uh, at a Ren Fair uh, to cast and uh, but doing it this way where it's like improv but you're kind of working in this framework of of rules where yes and is definitely a part of it but the dice are not going to yes and you. Right. They're sometimes, throwing... sometimes the dice no but you. They yeah. no but. They're just no but. They just take you yeah. and eat you under the bus. And yeah. you're <laughs> all the time. Um, and so you are getting to roll with it a lot more. And there's you don't see the audience. You're not responding to the audience like you would in live improv and everything. So. In, in that sense, it's been it's been exciting and new because I'm getting to take take this knowledge, take you know this skill set, and put it in a different uh, context, and that's been that's been really exciting for me. Um, and I think the big challenging part, learning, and you can tell. I think if you look, if you go and watch our first couple of episodes, and I know the first episode is very hard to watch because of the like maniacal, yeah maniacal face flashing i recommend just listening to it right um but you 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 know watch slash listen to those first two and then look at look at episode eight right and you can see even in that short amount of time um how we've how we've really quickly adapted and learned and learned to shift and it it's we're really getting our feet under us and it's becoming really really um great storytelling that we're all doing more comfortably 
um, which uh, my muted note. Okay, good. Uh, what's actually going to bring me the next thing is um, on Annika and Tanya have known each other longer than I've known either one of them. Like Tanya's known Annika since they Basically, were. Basically, no, since my brother was a baby, pretty much. Yeah. Because <laughs> her and uh, him and Caden are the yeah. same age. And then Amelie and I met just by happenstance a few years at a con. And so I'm, I'm pulling from these people. Like I said, I put out this thing on Facebook from people like. Started. Uh, yeah, which is, what, which is what I was going to talk about. Yeah, this Sarah. is going to be. Yeah. So this is what I was going to bring in. The next one is, um, and I had friends from here in Austin. And um, so people just kind of like came together from all of these like, different worlds of talking about Venn diagrams of like my, my life. Yeah, Houston um, crew, Houston crew. I was about to say Houston buddies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Houston crew, Austin crew. Uh, but, uh, but right now, Tanya, you're in Houston. So it's like, I'm the only one that's physically in Austin right now. Over in my little corner. Yeah, but with COVID, what like, I was we, might as all, we might as yeah, well exactly. all be on different continents. We're, yeah. all, we're all in Central Standard Time. That's what's important for the playing because we're all at the same we time. I, um, I literally, time? I have a game. The game that I run that I use the Theros source book for, uh, one of my players is in England. But, oh, nice. I have a game that I run. One of my players is in Australia. Oh, we no. Play, he's in a different day. Uh, we play on a Saturday afternoon. It is Sunday morning for him. Well, like, because so she stays up super late because she's just like drawing all night, really. So she doesn't go to bed till like three in the morning. And we play at like six our time. So it's like midnight her time. So she's like, it's fine. I don't care. It's so funny. Yeah, this guy literally wakes up, drinks his coffee, has a bowl of oatmeal, and plays D and D with us. Oh, that's like, amazing. That's what his like Sunday morning routine is. I love that. It's so funny, and we made his character. Um, his character's flaw. He's like, because we were like emailing back and forth about what he wanted his character's flaw to be. He's like, I don't really like any of the ones that are in the book. And I was like, okay. He's like, can he be a narcoleptic? And I was like, yes. yes. Oh, I love because that. he's like, he's like, all the times I'm really tired. He's like, so if I could just have my character fall asleep at random times. I have a popcorn thought on so, that. Um, yes. So like completely unrelated to what we. But, um, right. One of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten in character creation. Um, was from a GM for uh, a Star Wars game that I was playing. And so the, it's not like broken down in Star Wars, uh, like your motivation, your flaws, da 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 da, da. And so what she suggested uh, was that what is the um, lie that your character believes about the world? And so it gives your character something to unlearn, and it and it can become a major like character development thing. Um, and so I take that like since I since I did that like I've taken that to each of my characters, um, and it really does ground me in the character a whole lot better than what's your character's flaw like what, what lie does your character believe about the world yeah, I, also awesome. love, I know we're going off on a tangent so there are no, things that I have, like in the back of my head character wise you know that don't um that might not ever come up or whatever um but there's there's things like um finland doesn't really know what it means to be an elf you know, she was You're not going to learn very well from Aster, going to be honest with you. <laughs> right? There's going to be things like where, you know, she doesn't change, she doesn't change color, she doesn't change aspects like, like Aster would, you know, and that's a thing 
in her head is the thing that we get in her head. Yeah. Another thing that the the funerary practices of the Minotaurs are that if uh, when uh, when somebody dies, um, they are cremated. Uh, you know, the whole like pour wine over the bones, the very very Greek basically, and their remains are put in urns and uh, put in the ground. But the uh, horns are saved. And blow, the blowing of the horns is a very important part of the funerary practice. But Finland doesn't have horns, right? And so somewhere in the back of her head is this idea that if she dies, what happens, right? Is like, is she actually going to get to go to, you know, the Minotaur version of heaven kind of thing? Um, does she end up having to go with the elves and like it's a thing that's very private to her you know she doesn't she's not going to bring it up just over some coffee but those kind of things if you can give those sorts of things to your um you know your characters those very personal kind of concerns and worries um, i feel like that we talked about funerals like in the last episode that ended up not getting recorded we we did talk about this and i did say that the drag the drag family viking funeral gotta go out yeah. with a bang i just 100 <laughs> percent. that's what happens um, so, yeah so my original question from this was um so some of like how how has meeting new people and i think what, what i was going to say was i think that like what tanya was talking about we've kind of found our groove like any new playing group does you find your groove as a playing group but we have this extra added thing of doing it on the internet um so uh what has that been like playing with new people and playing with and like tanya and annika like you guys have known each other for so long but had you played rpgs together before like seeing each other even that you've known and for a long time in a different light and meeting new people and like just talking about like the social aspect of the game that we that we play whoever wants to go i mean the only thing i've actually done with tanya is acting and this is different from that so and even then, I never really actually, like, interacted with Tanya. Well, now yeah, we are. But before that, I was a deputy, and they would make me do everything. And we, were, we did everything. Like, we were in every show and did all this other stuff. So I never actually, like, interacted with people. Can, can you um, contextualize that a little bit? Just because uh, some of us don't know. And uh, I think some people watching don't understand what you're saying. So, um, we work so, at a Ren Fair. Yeah, <laughs> Forest Fair. Uh, Sarah was there for a couple of seasons as yeah, well. Yeah, that's how I met, that's how I met Tanya and Annika. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, the, the story of how Sarah and I met is golden. Golden. Um, so... I will tell that in a minute. Tanya <laughs> and I will tell that together. Um, uh, so yeah, we, I, I usually play a royal, uh, and Annika has played, uh, so we we were Robin Hood theme basically. So there's the sheriff and his deputies. Yeah, I was uh, so a deputy for three years, and they've also been on the fate. fate now court. I'm a fairy. I played a tiefling last season before we had to cancel the fair. <laughs> I am gonna be actually wearing so, wings this year. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
So the story of how Tanya and I met, uh, my first thing as at Assured Force Fair is I, as I, I, was, I was cast and they were like, okay, we have this thing. We're going to be cleaning up the costume closet, doing a bunch of cleaning here and doing a bunch of building. I was like, I'll go help clean out the costume closet. Sure, whatever. I was like, I have a background in both sewing and history. And so I was like, this was like, I knew nobody on cast. I just showed up that day and they said, go here. And I said, okay. So we're like the cleaning of this was like, I was supposed to be running this costume closet clean out and I got there like three yeah. hours late. So I'm there with this bunch of dudes who have no idea what's going on. And so I was just like, I was like just sorting things into historical and non-historical at the start. I was like, this is historical. This is not historical. They could use this for summer camp. This is something da da da. So like, and a lot of it was also just get this stuff out of here because it smells and it's old and it's gross and it needs to get thrown away. Cause it was like, it smells like rat piss. It smells like rat poo. Please get it out of here. So um, I was just in like organization mode. I was barely in like theater history costume mode. I was just like, oh my God, that smells real bad. Get in and put it and throw it away. And so like, again, like three hours later, Tanya and her husband were on the costume committee show up and Tanya has the story about like how she doesn't like new people who say that they know things. Because I get this all the time. Yeah. Let me tell you, people come up and they're like, they're like, oh, I'm into costuming or I, I know history. And then you very quickly realize they really don't. And so here's this person I have never met in the middle, like making piles and everything. But she's all like, um, you know, I'm really excited because I I know history and I do costuming and everything. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And so I just totally like blow her off because I was like, I've heard her 50,000 times because Ren Faire people always think they know history and they know costumes. Uh, and they know historical costumes and they rarely, very rarely do. And then we, I pulled a gown out and Sarah starts being like, well, it's kind of got the silhouette for this particular style, but it's like, you know, like, and I was like, wait a minute, maybe she do know something. And about 10 minutes later, we were thick as thieves. My husband ended up leaving because he was like, y'all just laughing too hard about everything. And like, it was so funny because Caden, I just remember that Caden was like, hanger boy. We're like, Caden, have this hanger. Caden, have this hanger. Caden, have this hanger. Um, and because I was like, I was like, I was hoping like I endeared myself to Tanya by talking about the angles and the Saxons. Like, yeah. we were, we were, we were knee deep in like history and, and yeah. nose. And because I was talking about like, I was like, yeah, my character's going to be Welsh for this. And I was like, started speaking a little bit of Welsh. And Tanya was what? like, what? <laughs> she knows that Wales is another country? I don't understand. Right? <laughs> so I, got very I was like, yeah, I know a little bit of Welsh. Thank you so much for sharing it. <laughs> I was like, and then so like one of the directors. City at first because I've heard it so many times, and I was. One of the directors comes in, finds out that I speak a little bit of Welsh, and goes, "Oh, can I have you help these two people who are going to be playing the Welsh princes?" And I was like, "Like again, I knew no one on cast," and I'm like standing there, like, I mean, I guess. And they like he like literally shoves two humans at me, and he was like, "Talk to him about Wales," and I was like. Hi, Make them Sarah. Yeah, I was like, hi, my name is Sarah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, Wales. Wow, there's a lot of history there. I don't know what's going on. I just... And then yeah. during our... So we have a variety show out there that the deputies put on. And we decided that year that we were going to do, like, an interpretation thing. So we were going to get the Welsh princes up there. They would speak Welsh, and then we would, like, interpret it. 
and it's just gym, like they would just be like her gergerberg and then we would say whatever so like here i am going like like doing all of like the minimal welsh that i know from the time that i lived there and it's like conversational welsh like means like hello how are you basically and i'm like doing sarah which means my name is sarah like uh, or i am sarah so like i'm doing like very or do we sarah anyway so doing means i am from so I'm like i'm doing like very small conversational welsh and i'm like using the tools that i have and um and it was, I also remember there's a really fun story with Tanya and Francois and I, Tanya and Chris and I, when you would say was hail, he would say bonjour, and I would say yeah. Borada, and people were like, you have no know. idea what's going on. Which I thought was brilliant. So because, like, we are, we're, um, you know, we're at the end of the 12th century uh, in, in England, which is actually, um, actually, England has long been more diverse than people think that it has. But uh, during that time, there were basically like four languages spoken on this island and people would literally not understand their neighbors. Like literally you could not, you would not be speaking the same language. And so I would love these little moments of creating that sort of confusion in the lane, um, you know, where nobody is speaking the same thing. It was, it was great. Yeah, so we had one guy who was a French character, and Tanya was speaking Middle English, and I was speaking Welsh. And people were like, like patrons would walk by and like going, like they would pick up on the French because you understand like bonjour and like some of the things that he was saying, but like the Middle English and the Welsh, they're like, no, yeah. which I got nothing. Different. Yeah, they just assume Middle English is very good. Yeah. Go, um, this also relates. This also relates to RPGs. How improv? Um, because I'm gonna turn it back. I'm gonna. I. I am very. You gotta good take at the roller coaster and just like put it back on track. Yeah, I am very good at getting that train back on the tracks. I can. I can make a segue like nobody's business because this goes Wait, into a little bit. Segue or train. We're a roller coaster. Roller coaster. All, three. <laughs> all three, all at once. It's a Segway train roller coaster. Um, so going back to improv and RPGs is um, we have here we have people speaking different languages. <laughs> Can we make a shirt that just says "Back on the train, Segway coaster"? <laughs> um, it's our new phrase. Now like, I get back on track. <laughs> Because, like, Amelie's character speaks Orcish, and Tanya's character speaks Minotaur, which is based on Greek, and then, like, uh, Annika's Sylvan. character speaks Sylvan, and then we have characters that speak Tabaxi, and we have one character who speaks in in repeated phrases, so we have a lot of, like, miscommunication in our group, but that's kind of planned, because, like, when if if... if if Aster says something in Sylvan, I'm like, who else knows Sylvan? People are like, I don't know. I'm like, you have no idea what Aster just said. It's fine. I and can so, speak like, we... German to everyone. <laughs> yeah. So Sylvan is now German. Like, that's how we've like, that's how I like to do things. I'm like, if you know a language that nobody else knows, that's what the language is. Yeah. I'm like, Sylvan, I don't even know German. I'm like, I can like do like very minimal things. I'm like, Annika, what did you just mean there? I'm like, sending Annika a text. I'm like, what is that? Schmetterling. Schmetterling. Yeah. 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 Uh, so or, like, yeah. uh, uh, so like we have this. I'm so I'm reaching for this, pulling it back on track to D and D, and RPGs. Um, but we have this, and it's because we've been able to create these like individual cultures within the game that have their own unique 
words and phrases and, and histories and like I said, cultures. Um, and you see every once in a while, like you'll see Finland and Jack go like this um, because it's something that is something from Finland's culture. Yeah. And um, I, I, I'm talking, talking about world building and how much I love, love, love doing that. So um, anyway, we talked about um, uh, like uh, expectations met uh, for playing Yas. Where let's talk about a little bit of where you want to take Yas. Where we want this to go. What do we want to do? Uh, continuing on our mission of games are for everybody, and everybody has a place at the table. Uh, with some caveats. The caveats being, if you're ableist, sexist, homophobic, queerphobic, all of the other things that we have in our Twitch chat, like don't be these things. Those those do not have a place at the table. But but open-minded, inclusive. Um, uh, people who are willing to learn, they have a place at the table, at least my table, any table that I have. Uh, where where do you see Yas going or what do you want to have happen with this little project that we started on a few months ago? Well, I, I know that I said it in our Facebook chat, but I do want to start like doing side games with anybody who wants to play games. Because, like, the world has just, like, they've just been making video games, and a lot of video games are now cross-platform as well. It's like, if anybody has, like, a PlayStation, somebody's got a, a computer, like, you guys can still play together with some form of game nowadays. Yeah. And so, that's one of the things yeah. I want to do. I like the idea where we were like, yeah, we, we, we start with tabletop role-playing games. Yeah. With that Our uh, tabletop simulator on Steam is ten dollars right now. This one? Uh, tabletop simulator. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's ten dollars because the dungeon, the dungeon creator game that I wanted to get. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on there, so we can get it. So well, I'll be can... getting that right. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Steam. The, by the way, the Steam Autumn Sale is live now. Yeah. I have all, a bunch of games on my wish list have gone on sale, and I go. Yep. Uh -uh. Uh, Amelie, okay, uh, anybody else? Where where do you want Yas to go? No, no, it's okay. Where do you want Yas to what Even in, in the main, Renditor's campaign, side campaigns, whatever it is, where do you want this to, where do you see this going? I, Tanya, Amelie, anybody? I really have trouble answering that because, um, okay. like, my, my personality is very much, like, it, I don't know how much stock you put into the Myers-Briggs, but... I'm a, I, I'm an I'm a P. I'm an ENFP, and like I know that like those letters can be fluid, but um, and like especially the P versus J. Uh, but I have never ever been J. I don't need a map. I don't need an itinerary. Um, I don't need a plan. I am very much a yeah. And it's very cool just to be along for the ride. Like if you're just here, like Amelie's just along for the ride. I'm along for the ride. Um, my goal is to understand Jack better. That has always been my goal, um, and, and that's my goal in any game. Is I my my experience as a player is always I want to get to know this character better. And yes, the character is my creation, and. Um, I, the, the character is another person. And yeah. so um, by playing, I get to know this person. And a lot of my creation is happening in real time. Like, they're, you know, someone will ask, well, what is 
orcish funerals like and i'm like oh well okay this is what i know and okay so it you it because they're in the mountains you can't really dig and so it's going to be an above ground uh grave and they pile rocks on top and uh, as a um marker and so i i didn't want to do you know a sky funeral um but this seemed like an appropriate way to uh, to, to ha- handle funerals. Um, but that was made in real time. Um, yeah. And so getting to, my goal is always understand who my character is. Uh, yeah, so for I, I agree. Um, so this, so Finland is actually a recreation of my very first D&D character ever. Um, and I don't remember if it was if I showed it live, but there is somewhere when we were when we were filming something, I did bust out my old character sheet, and you could see that I played I played the original uh, Finlin uh, till she was level twenty seven. Um, so yeah, like a long time, and you know she had a whole a whole story, a whole life, and I was like, what if? You know, I take the original concept back to brass tacks and she gets to live an entirely new life with entirely new friends and entirely new things happening to her. Who does she become? Right. And because by the end of, um, you know, the first time I played her, she was heavily scarred physically and emotionally um you know she was a badass fighter but she was extremely detached from people because of very traumatic things that happened to her right and so it's like i'm getting to watch this character kind of have a different trajectory um and that's exciting for me you know getting and similarly like so one of the things i was thinking is that um like we were talking about cheese we were talking about pies right and there's like a cheese pie and it was like in that moment i decided that like minotaurs can't eat cheese they can't digest it right they're Mm -hmm. they're ungulates right so after after they're basically babies they can't eat cheese um but finland being not actually a minotaur could eat cheese and so it's like um like a precious sort of um Treat. like treat for her that she rarely gets right and that was made kind of in the moment um and so you you think that you know these these characters and really all you've created is sort of an outline and as we go along we're coloring it in and we're getting to meet these people and i love that that's i mean one of the things i like about role playing generally yeah, yeah was... we had no idea that yeah. uh jack and finn were gonna be like best friends um, yeah that, we that we were just supposed to be like, oh, we know each other. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was in our third episode where we like realized that that's where we wanted to take it. And we ended up having yeah. an off-camera session to hash out how we met. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so like, and then, so once you brought up like, hey, you know, we're vegan, we don't eat cheese. Like, of course, then Jack would know that. And so Jack would be in on the like super secret squirrels eating cheese. <laughs> um, and so like it, it, it's it's fun to get to recognize what what like not only like what your character who your character is, but who your character is in relation to other characters as well. Yeah.
Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, I'm going to answer my own question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Annika. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say that, like, because I had never fully thought about Aster's backstory, like, before joining House Dauntless, really. And so I was, and then, like, when I realized that we were doing all this shit with portals, I was like, wait a second. I was like, I had to look up. Like, so I, like, went, pulled out my book. And, like, started reading up about Feywild, and then I sent Sarah, like, a two-page thing about, like, a clan in Feywild I love stuff. Google Docs! Google Docs <laughs> is the best. People are talking about Dropbox and Google Docs. Like, I have yep. everybody. I'm just like, y'all write stuff and send it to me. I'm like, sure, that's canon. Yeah, so yeah. I, sent, like, okay. I sent, like, a two-page thing about, like, stuff that if we ever do go to the Feywild, that uh, would potentially mean that Aster would walk into that portal. So... <laughs> um yeah i was trying to answer my own question of like what i want to do with yas and where i want yas to go i just want in 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 playing the games that we've played and the, the, the main rendenhurst campaign and then the two that i've dm'd as well slayers and um and then our super soft uh, autumn one shot i just want to reflect the world that i live in i want to reflect it in games mm. that's why i've created the npcs that i've created and I want to, I want to reflect, I want to, I, I, I'm not one for like visualizations and like projecting energies and stuff like that, but I want this world to be the one that I wish existed. I want these worlds that, and I want to show people that it can be possible, even if we're just doing it in play, like role-playing games. So that's why I put Palu in the combat wheelchair. That's why um, Lucara has a wife and other, you know, I can't talk about that because it would be spoilers for the game. Um, that's why. That's why I mean, Nikita has two husbands. <laughs> because how many people on our on our stream are Polly? You know, yeah. so it's like, so I want I want to see people to see themselves, even if they can't see themselves in me, because I am a white cis woman. Um, I want them to at least. I want that. I don't. Again, same thing. I don't want to tokenize any character or NPC. But I live in a world of diversity. I live in a world where I have friends who are non-binary or gender fluid or agender or uh, like anywhere like this th there is no gender spectrum my friend uh uh who's now named blair a few years ago like we talk about like people always talk about the gender spectrum and like sexuality we're like it's more of a blob because there's like so many different like apexes and axes to go on like gender orientation gender expression sexual orientation sexual expression romantic orientation romantic like attraction like and platonic like there's so many different axes that it's not just like a line or even a graph it's like you're a blob of a person i am a blob of a person and so like yeah like i want to i want to represent all of the beautiful blobs out in the world with the people that we have here that's why i tried i'm still working on hopefully people i don't know if people want to pick if people picked up on it or not on the uh character that we have on the autism spectrum because i want because i have people that i care about in my life who are uh, on the autism spectrum and i know tanya does and like we all have people in our lives who are not who are not you know, white, cisgender, heterosexual uh, human being, yeah. neurotypical, like, and, and able-bodied, you know, whatever. Um, so I want to represent those people, even again, if they can't physically see themselves in me, at least maybe in the characters that I can help create in this world that I help create, they go, oh, and this is, this is something that I can be a part of or watch or because I don't want to um 
don't want to exclude anybody because I, I, it, and even in the small bits of exclusion that I got, especially as a child, because of gender or orientation, you know, anything like that, like it hurts. And so I want to make this place, this space, this yas, what we're creating to be not only an inclusive and diverse space, but a safe space. I want it to be a place where people can come and just enjoy the things they enjoy, enjoy playing role-playing games or enjoy playing, you know, if you, if you decide to, we start doing video games or doing like Jackbox, ga Jackbox games or anything like that, where it's that people are just, if you're a person and you're chill and you're not any of the things we talk about in all of our social medias. We're like, don't be this, 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 and this, and this, and this. Like, if you're none of those like ists or phobics, then yes, you are welcome here. That's what I. That's what I want to create with Yas. And sorry, I keep going on this. And reach out to other diverse playing games. That's why Yas now follows like in D and D, which is uh, Native American D and D players, um, mm -hmm. three black halflings. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, uh. What's it called? Um. Rivals of Waterdeep. Like all of these uh, Queens of Adventure, like all of these other games that are played by marginalized people that we kind of reach out to or we, we, we have, we inhibit the same space as them because of whatever reason. And I just want to create, and like, I just want to continue. Yeah. I just want to continue building that. That's okay. Continue building that community that all of these marginalized gaming creators and streamers are creating that we get to, that we are lucky enough to be a part of. Yeah. So, Amelie, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I was just, uh, it was a real quick clarification of what you were trying to say. Like, English is ridiculous and um, fake yeah. anyway, but uh, it, it, you, had, you had said inhibit when I understood that you meant inhabit, and I just wanted to Oh, yes, try. yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I also, accents are weird, and, like, I'm originally from East Texas, so, like, sometimes things come out that they sound a little bit more country than they did. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. So yeah, this, this, this space of, because I always tell people, I'm like, people, marginalized people have been playing games since the inception of games. You just mm -hmm. haven't seen marginalized people in this gaming space. And we are about, uh, so for, uh, we might include it in a link at some point, but, um, uh, Sarah and I did a, a round table where we were talking about diversity and inclusion in games and i pointed out how the original tabletop war games where which dnd is basically birthed from um there were there were a handful but there were women involved um and they're even depicted in some of the play guides um so it's they are they are percentage wise very low but always have been present and the point is is that it feels like they're not there because of the way the game and the and gamers generally talking about it how it gets presented um i think if i think for me if if through yas somebody who always thought that gaming wasn't for them decides to give it a try or people who tried it and had a negative experience come back to the table then i think that we that would make me feel good that would make me feel like we're accomplishing that thing that we we're setting out to do well my first D, &D game i was the only girl at the time and yeah it was well, and, like well no and i i only started playing D, &D like two years ago because one of my coworkers, he was like you seem like the kind of person to play D, &D. and i was like i don't 
And he's like, well, you should. And then he's like, we're going to play, well, we played Pathfinder. And so he's like, we're going to do this. Yeah. And he's like, cool. It's, yeah. I was, I was, um, he loves actually, the show, I was by the way. Two, we had a big group. We had a really big play group. I was one of two. Um, still friends, uh, actually, with the the other female on there in our group. Um, and I will say, despite it being very traditional, where um, all the DMs were were male, all the storytelling was very you know top down. Um, one thing that I really appreciate is that um, the characters that that we created um, were never without our permission, sexualized. And I know that that is an issue that often uh, women um, or femmes at tables get. Yeah. Can get I tell one of my stories? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna tell one of my stories. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I, I have a long history of gaming. I have two older brothers and um, my older brothers are wonderful. Uh, and I, I'm not like, I mean, they still mentally tormented me because they are my older brothers and that's just what you do with siblings. But they never told me I couldn't do something because I was a girl. They're also seven and nine years older than I am. So I wanted to play video games. The only reason I wasn't allowed to play video games was because we only had two controllers and they wanted me out of their room. Like, so it was like, it wasn't because I was a girl. It was because I was their little sister. They didn't like, their friends were over. So I wasn't allowed in the space with their friends because I was like seven years old and they were teenage boys. Like it was, it was like they, it was the age more than the like gender and stuff but they when they started playing magic the gathering i started playing magic the gathering and they would take me to hang out with their friends i was like nine or ten years old back of a uh back of a antique store playing magic the gathering in like 1994 with my older brothers and now they're like high school and older friends so i've never and a lot of those players were women as well so for me um at the very least i was lucky to grow up in a in a with my family that i but my brothers being my examples, it's like it was never told to me that I couldn't do this thing because I'm female or whatever it is. It wasn't until I was exposed to the wider, like, kind of gaming world in general that I, like, with my freshman year of college, I was talking about playing Icewind Dale or Baldur's Gate 2. And a guy was like, had this kind of reaction of, you know what those are? And I'm like, yeah, those are like my favorite games. I love these games. And they were like, you play video games? And I'm like, I don't understand what's weird. Like, I don't get Did why you, you think this is strange. I never get this because, um, like, this definitely happened to me, like, where I would start talking about that. And, um, and, and yeah, you get that look where they were like, wait, what? You're like, yeah, like, I play this. And they'll be like, well, you mean you play with your boyfriend? Uh, yeah, I was like, uh, no. I, I was like, my older brother gave me this game. Like, a dude did give me this game, but it's also because my older brother has a job and he's able to pay for things. Yeah. So, like, that's why he, like, my brother was in the Navy at the time. He wasn't my boyfriend. And that's a weird assumption that people make, is that yeah. we went into this game through boyfriends. Like, I, I got an, I originally learned about D&D when I was very young um, because of my dad. My dad was a huge nerd. Um, but uh, the, my only options were playing with my brothers and um that didn't work <laughs> and so um i, I didn't play D again until i was an adult and i was approached by a friend of mine um who i had met through uh geek girls brunch which i don't know if y'all are familiar with um but uh I, again at the time i was identifying as a woman um and 
I had joined Geek Girls Brunch. I had joined the ladies' nights at the local uh, game store, Nightwatch, uh, who I've promoted on the show before. Um, I'm sorry? You wore a shirt. Yeah. Uh, And... But uh, so one of the one of the women that I had befriended was like, I really want to DM a game of all women. And so my uh, it wasn't until recently because like I in my adult life, I have had more women GMs than I have men. I've had exactly one. <laughs> I've had one exactly one male DM. Um, and I think that's really uh, been extremely positive for my game experience because, um, like, I've, I've I've done like a couple of guest spots in a couple of other games, but uh, with male DMs. But I really just don't count them because, like, I was just like I'm uncomfortable this entire time. And so, if that had been my experience, I would have just left it entirely. I wasn't gonna stay there. I will say that. Yeah. Video gaming as somebody who sounds like a girl uh, is horrible. Uh, I had to change, so I my username for everything is Aspiring Annika. So when I started playing Rainbow Six Siege, that was my username, and there it's push to talk to talk to your teammates, and I just kept getting team killed because I was because I sounded like a girl, and so I changed my name now, and so now I'm like my original name from like when i was eight years old now i just sound like a 12 year old so (laughs) now they just think i'm a 12 year old kid instead of a girl so but it's um so this is another thing is that it's rough i i think if we were to have a goal um you know just really start changing that kind of bullshit um you know, I was, I played uh, first person shooters, oh, back in the day when it was like Doom and Quake. I noticed I'm not putting any numbers after that. Um, <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, one, one, maybe two girls in the room. Um, and again, I was lucky that I was, I had, I mean, I've never chosen friends crappily, basically, um, is that all the people in that room were very supportive. But then once you go out of that bubble, you get a lot of side eye and a lot of, you know, um, oh, you're only, you know, you're only playing the game so that you get laid kind of like reaction. I will tell you, playing games has never gotten me laid. Like, oh, well, I got married. I, I met my well, husband playing White Wolf. I don't know how we want to count that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, that that assumption that a lot of cis uh, het, white, cis het white like guys assume, I was like, no. But this, no. The, this one of the stories I want to talk about because it's not just a female player; it also affects female GMs. Yeah. I GM'd Adventurers League, and I have I have actually have three stories. I'm telling two of the shorter ones. One of them was the my first time playing Adventurers League here in Dragon's Lair, Austin. It's not Dragon's Lair's fault. It's the whole gaming community. Like Dragon's Lair is actually very inclusive. They have a space safe space thing. Like. They're one of my two favorite gaming slash comic book stores here in Austin. So I'm sitting down. I, I, I'm used to GMing. That's not the question. It's like, because I'm not GMing something I've written because you have to do modules and all this stuff. And it's you never know who you're going to get at the table when you do Adventures League. And so I'm sitting there and there are three guys and at, at my table. And we're about to start playing. And one of the employees of Dragon's Lair comes up. And the guy who was sitting to my right, one of my players, is um, he looks older than I am. He's probably like in his early 40s. Kind of looks like the stereotypical gamer kind of guy with his like, you know, probably like, I think he had like a video game shirt on or whatever it was. 
And this guy, the employee of the store came up and told him, he said, hey, uh, looked at the guy, like just ignored the fact that I was sitting there with like a screen in front of me and said, one of your players is going to be late. He wanted me to know. And the guy looked at me, he said, I mean, ally to the max. I just met this guy. He's like, why are you asking me? She's the DM. He's like, why are you telling me? And I was like, hi. And they were like, oh, sorry. I was like, yeah, I have my DM screen right here in front of me. I don't know what's going. You think I'm like hiding my roles as a player? Anyway, so that was like the first one where it was like I the the person at the table DM was the guy because that was just like on visual. And I always purposefully when I DM'd AL uh, Adventures League, I purposely showed up extraordinarily femme, like hair up, red lipstick, cat eye, like makeup on, wearing a dress. Like I was like, I'm going to be, because I feel confident when I, when I'm like super femme and cute. So I have to be confident when I'm GMing people I don't know. So I was always extraordinarily femme, like played it up, like wore my push-up bras, like full on. So the second one is I'm playing a game and one of the people at the table is a younger male. I can't tell you the exact age, but I can tell you that he used he, him pronouns and facial hair was just coming in. So somewhere in puberty. So I'm also playing this table with another queer woman uh, who's an older queer woman and then a bunch of adult men. And um, the queer woman and I have known each other because we were playing Adventures League together and we really, we recognize each other as queer and like we have this whole thing. But this young man kept arguing with me as the DM. And the one that really sent me, like got me going was he made a per point to say that his character did not take off his armor when they were going to this dinner party or whatever. I said, okay, that's fine. And he's like full armor, full plate mail. I said, that's fine. You can wear that. You're the only one doing it, but whatever. And so later on in that session, he tries to say that he's going to pick a lock. And I said, cool, roll with disadvantage. And he goes, why? I have proficiency in thieves tools. And I was like, that's super cool. Yeah. And I was like, that's great. I'm rolling with disadvantage. So he's like arguing with me. And there was an older guy. Uh, he was maybe a few years older than I am. But here's, I have to describe this guy because he is what is called considered a stereotypically intimidating person because he was a muscular kind of larger taller black man so he and he had a deep voice so he had this kind of stereotypically intimidating presence about him as as, as yeah and so anyway i was telling i told this kid i said listen listen have you ever worn gauntlets and the kid goes yeah i wear them all the time i said no 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 not your character you have you ever worn a pair of gauntlets and he was like no i said your manual dexterity in a pair of gauntlets is just about this i was like this is about as much as you get in gauntlets like you can barely grip a weapon in gauntlets let alone do all of the things you need to do for like picking a lock roll with disadvantage and this kid keeps trying to argue and this guy again he just wants to play his dnd this guy is on his day off he just wants to roll dice and play his wizard and like do all this stuff and this guy looks at this kid and he's like kid if you do not take her ruling as law because she is the gm he's like so help me god i can't hurt you because you are a child but i am telling you right now i want to do play we want to get done with this module shut the up and listen to her and i was like thank you for backing me up like i'm trying my best to be a nice person and explain things but sometimes it does take like non-marginalized allies because he's marginalized for me in a different way because of his skin tone 
But because it was a male-identifying person talking to another male-identifying person, this kid saw him. Yes, yeah, he saw this guy as an authority figure that he did not see me as, and this guy was like backing me up and was like, "She's the GM. She's a great GM. She's doing a great job. You're being a little brat. Listen to her. Roll disadvantage. Let's go." And it was like, so like. It was one of those things where it was almost like marginalized person, even though we're marginalized in different ways, recognizing margin, like recognizing the fact that this cishet white kid sitting here at like 15 or 16 years old, like expecting everybody to capitulate to what he wants to have happen is not happening at this table because it's like two queer women who are older than him, this older black guy and a bunch of older men that were just like, kid, no. Kid, this is this ain't the way to play D and D, and I was just I felt I felt so loved and seen by all the other players at that moment, where they were just like, she's the GM, she's telling a great story, shut the fuck up and roll your dice. Stand up, and you're like, question for the room. Who yeah. thinks they could pick a lock with gauntlets? <laughs> Reminds me of that. I think it's like a, a Tumblr post where the guy was like, no, 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 I can throw him. Um, and he's like, no, no. And the GM's like, no, you can't. And the guy's like, no, I based this guy on me. And uh, so, like, if I can throw this weight at a mannequin, I can make this throw. And so they went out and they did it. So, like, yeah, yeah, kid, if you can show me that with gauntlets, oh, you God. can do this. Because it's not just the metal, it's the glove and, and it's, all it's of the all things the that go on. Like, all the things that, it's not just the metal that's on your fingers. It's not like a ring, dude. Like, you can't, I'm like, and I was like, because I also did, I didn't want to pull in my history degree. And I was just like, oh, my God. So, like, so we're talking about playing as people who either are femme or... Uh, who are female, who are femme, who are perceived as uh, more feminine in gaming spaces, a lot of time are not given the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're doing. Hi. Because I also I'm wanted to tell... And I have I have used weapons. I've done both simultaneously yeah. even, so come at me, bro. But I also want to tell this kid, I want to be like, kid, I'm fairly certain I've been playing D&D longer than you have been alive. <laughs> so do not step to me on the rules of this thing because he's so he was so rules as written like i was like you gotta do rules as interpreted because some people have real life experience and yeah. we put it into our games so um i guess uh you know what uh, it's actually a little past one uh, it's yeah. like close to 1 30 and i need yeah. to eat lunch um so i would actually love uh, our next ooc if one of the things we've talked about ta uh, uh having a uh, our live chat with whoever wants to join both on cast and off is talking about um some of the, if, and let us know what you think about these topics uh, that I'm going to throw out at you. Let us know which ones you would like to hear. We might like put them in order of which ones we want to hear first. Uh, talking about being um, a, a marginalized gender at the gaming table, being uh, femme, non-binary, trans, agender, whatever it is, basically being a non-cishet person, at uh, cishet male at the table. Uh, what it's like to be just a generalized queer person at the gaming table, either if you're queer in gender orientation, romantic orientation, sexual orientation, again, a blob of a person, whatever your blob looks like. Um, also, um, one thing that Amelie, I, I'm very excited about and I love talking about is um, using RPGs to help discover who you are. 
how playing an RPG can help you realize something about yourself that you either have an inkling of or that you have no inkling of and how inhabiting a different person for even just a little bit can help you figure something out about yourself. Like I always talk about like playing, I played characters that were queer before I came out and having that experience was helpful as during my coming out process. So those are three kind of things that we are interested in talking about. Other just general gaming things, like if we want to talk about our favorite non-D&D system. Uh, Annika, if you want to do a thing about video games, like, yeah. Uh, so the next- like if we play, if we do, yeah. yeah, if we do video games, I'm like, I can talk about The Sims 4. Like, that's what I got. Uh, so we do, our next live stream will be Patreon only. That'll be on Sunday. Okay. And then we will upload it to YouTube uh, on Wednesday. And I'll upload it here as well, because you can upload videos to Twitch too. So. Yeah. So um, these are just some ideas that we've been tossing around in our Discord and our group chat about things that we would have live streams about. And we would love to hear you see you guys in the chat asking us questions. I'll have um, either I will be moderating or somebody will be moderating chat and looking at questions that come through. And we can be like, oh, this person says uh, what their question is, blah, 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 blah. Yes. So um, just to get to know the cast better and you can find out tidbits about characters. Oh, I know the DM will try to keep all of my DM knowledge to myself. Oh my god, my, my little theater heart is like, oh, character hot seat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> everybody sit around and everybody, all the other cast members, Tanya's character, we all ask character Tanya character questions about Finland. Go! <laughs> That'd be fun. It's something that you do in theater to oh, get yeah. your character to know. Like, what's yeah. your character's favorite fruit? Why Why does your character prefer to use an axe over a sword? Like, There's... there are questions that you're like, I hadn't thought of that. I have so much to add, and I'm not going to until the next conversation. <laughs> There's a there's a TikTok yeah. there's a TikTok user that posts like weekly like character development questions and it's random shit like that all the time because she's really popular in like different groups. Of I've TikTok. seen Jenny D, um, Jenny D. I know she's she does a lot of character development. Yeah, Which the one? Yeah, the TikTok person I'm thinking of is yeah. Radical Slinky who does all of that stuff. Okay. She's very she's very popular in the like uh mafia tag on TikTok. So I, also, I don't yeah, do TikTok, so I'm like it's, okay. that's fine. I mean I don't really yeah. do it much anymore. Like you guys talk about I'm like I'm like you talk I'm like I was told like say things. I'm like, I'm an old <laughs> I'm older than you. Yeah. <laughs> but you also have a Tanya, you also old, have a teenage child. Old is a specific reference to the millennial generation. Um, yeah. Like if you, the uh, the like first three or four years of the millennial generation were known as olds because there's yeah. a uh, difference in experience between having been at the beginning of the tech right. boom right. to yeah. the rest of the millennials. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was born in '84, so yeah, I am an old millennial. So, but Tanya, you also have a teenage child, so you get from uh, through osmosis, you get information through your teenager. Speaking, I do. just speaking of like be like people being called old there was a thing on on tiktok a bunch of like there was a tiktok audio and it was like this audio is only for the older generation those born after like before 1990 and i was like are you serious people on tiktok like what <laughs> i was like uh it's okay i'm okay it was so funny my born in 87 right. but is okay i'll be fine 
Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's another talk we can have. It's because we have like intergenerational people playing in this game and playing in all of our games. And we can talk about like having people who are like considered Gen X. Yeah, we've talked a lot about like gender, sexual orientation, uh, ethnicity, et cetera, at the table. We haven't talked about age, which I think would be. I think that would be a very interesting conversation. And I would love to get either, we could either get Mike in or we can get my friend Morgan back in because they've been playing D&D since the 70s. Yeah. So yeah. we can get people in that have been doing this for a long time. I was like, we could also get Lars or Caden in here too. <laughs> yeah, I would love yeah, to Lars see and Kaden. the children. Yeah, Mike and Morgan uh, with like Annika and Caden. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, like all of us in the middle group just step back and we just have like, like these people were like, we have like Jen's, Jen, Whatever generation you are, you guys Gen Z. I, Gen Z is after the millennials, so because yeah, cause so Gen whatever X generation Kaden is, yeah, yeah. Or Gen Z. So, so I, I think Mike and Morgan are both considered like later bloomers as far as their like um, age is because they're not quite Gen X. But like having like having the Gen X and the millennials step back from the conversation and just having this like forty year age gap of people talking about gaming, I just want to watch this. I just want to be. I just want to see. I just want to see Mike and Morgan be like back in my day, and then like Lars and Annika and Caden just be like, I don't know, man. We've got tabletop role playing apps. I don't know what to tell you. Both ways. speak. Yeah. Like I hate that I'm technically considered Gen Z because now people are calling Gen Z Zoomers. And I was like, no, I am 20. I am not a Zoomer. Kaden hates the name Zoomer. I was like, I am not a Zoomer. Annika, like when I heard that my generation was going to be called millennials and I was like in like the very beginning of high school, end of middle school, I was like, this is stupid. I hate it. No, never. And it became the like regular word for well, it. I just like forever. Yeah. I'm just like, why? Why? I just hate that it's like Zoomer because especially now with like how much people use Zoom, I personally fucking hate Zoom. I yeah. hate that app with a passion. Like, why are we using Zoom when Discord has been around for years? It's definitely, yeah. Like, Discord is way, in my opinion, way more reliable than Zoom. Like, I like it. I just don't want to be called a Zoomer. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, Discord doesn't send our information to the government. What? I mean, yeah. my phone's tapped, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, that's, I just don't so, want yeah. to. <laughs> that's going to be another get... topic, is we're going to have. We're going to be talking about the playing of games and like intersectionality as far as generations and ages go and like arcs. That's another topic that we can have. Um, uh, so I'm going to go heat up my soup and have my salad yes. and get ready for socially distancing yeah. that I'm having with some friends. We're eating some, you know, we're eating food and talking to each other on the internet uh, to have a friendsgiving, giving socially distanced, stay in your own house kind of thing. Um, everybody have a wonderful holiday. Uh, does anybody else have any tags that they want to like sign off on besides I love autumn. I, love, I, <laughs> I like summer. I am going to play Skyrim because I just got I got Skyrim like a week ago. So I've been playing Skyrim all week. Yeah, I'm going to eat salad and play Stardew Valley. Like I want that comfort today. So if uh, I get I'm going to deal with the uh, with the cognitive dissonance of understanding that Thanksgiving represents genocide. Right. Yeah. And that's another talk. Like, uh, yeah, because like because thanks because like especially as a white person, like 
because you have to like have like Thanksgiving literally represents the fact that like white people killed all the native people in the states but then like how do you morph that into something as like you have to recognize that but how do you morph that into the idea of just like harvest and festival and giving thanks and being around friends but the basis in this is like white people and you're like ah! like you're just like it's something that you know has to be talked about and has to be done but it's probably not going to be done on this gaming channel that we have no but it probably <laughs> is this discussion we'll have it off camera not this discussion <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah so i'm gonna go eat lunch hope everybody enjoyed the stream uh we'll be yeah. doing this again our, for sure. our, our roller segway train what was it? the our roller, roller segway train, train. <laughs> or the segway roller coaster or no the segway train coaster Coaster. Segway, the segway train coaster. The segway train. What if it was just like a seg, like a train seg coaster? A train, train seg coaster. coaster. Train well, train I, seg I was coaster. imagining the segway driver leading the train coaster. Right. So oh yeah. The so like the segway, <laughs> and there's a bunch of, but like, and then everybody else is attached to them on their own individual segways. Yeah. Like it's like a like it's like a train of segways on like a track. Okay. On a I, I am not an artist, but I'm going to sketch this now, and I'm going to bring it back. Yeah. So there's like one person on the front and all of the segways are connected by chains and they're on their track and it's like, oh, I love it. <laughs> I'll have it by Sunday. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. If that's if if Yas has done anything in the world, we have spoken seg, seg we have spoken train seg coaster into the world and you're welcome. And I'm gonna end on you're welcome. <laughs>